Ninja Terminator. Witness a bloody struggle over the search for the unlimited force of the Golden Ninja Warrior. everyone to the Bad Movie Night Podcast. This is episode 48 of the podcast, almost reaching our half century mark. We're getting there. Um, I am Aaron Vicaro, and with me as always are Jeff Jafaro. I'm here. Not with us as normally always is Nazia Alimi, who is busy... She's adulting. ...being a lawyer, objecting, and... Uh, Sustained. All rolled. Demanding, <laughs> demanding the truth from witnesses on the stand and uh, hating her life. She has to find out people ordered the code red. I mean, that's what she does. Yeah. She, uh, whatever she's doing, I'm sure she's pushing a lot of papers. And she unfortunately can't be with us today. But we are very pleased and excited to announce that we have with us resident Godfrey Ho and ninja movie extraordinaire expert... Casey Nielsen. Hey, what's up, guys? Hi, Casey. Thank you for <laughs> yeah. joining us. For Thanks the for having me and giving me an excuse to watch even more ninja movies. It's always fun. <laughs> As if you needed one. I really don't need one, but yeah, uh, I had a little bit of a marathon the last couple days. Good times. Nice. Well, we're going to dive into all that, and specifically, we're going to be focusing on Godfrey Ho movies because he is basically the uh, the Hong Kong Ed Wood. So yeah. we're going to be talking about uh, his his catalog of work. And feel free to call him God for short. <laughs> he call himself that? His fans do. Yeah, there, <laughs> there are some people. Legitimately. Uh, I have no doubt about that. Um, if you want to email us, you can email us at podcast at badmovienight.com. That's N-I-T-E dot com. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at badmovienight.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash badmovienight.com. All right. So before we get into all things Godfrey Ho... We like to start out talking about what movies, good or bad, we have seen recently. Discuss them. So, Casey, since uh, yeah. you know, you know you're, you're the newbie here, what, what have you seen recently you want to talk about? A little from column A and a little from column B, actually. Right. Uh, I went and saw Miss Peregrine's uh, Home for Peculiar Children. Okay. Fucking awesome. Okay, so it falls yeah. into the good Tim Burton column. Yeah, not Dark Shadows. Good, Definitely good. not. not yeah. Or Alice in Wonderland, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one here who thought Alice in Wonderland was dog shit. Because I, yeah. I, I really hated it. Oh, it was so bad for such cool source material, too, yeah. right? Yeah. But, oh, this was great. Like, it was like a kind of like gothy, more fucked up X-Men. Oh, wow. But better than all of the recent X-Men movies, pretty much. Except, you know, like, First Class and Days of Future Past. Are Those are awesome. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pop clips. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see a pop but I heard that was a disaster. It was a, it was yeah. A, yeah, real bad. Yeah. Talk well, about drop-off between the two. Like, that's, that's good to hear, because Tim Burton has always been, like, one of my favorite filmmakers. And no Johnny Depp, right? Style. Not no a, Johnny Depp. Well, there whatsoever. you go. That, I think, was... And then no Helena Bonham Carter? None. Well, there you go. That's that's more shocking. That's, yeah. that's hard for him to do that. Oh, were they... Didn't they... Didn't they recently get, get divorced? divorced? I think so. Oh, so I think that's this is probably the, why. This might be the first time. He, he must have also divorced Johnny Depp. Like there must have been like a like a whole like tri- triumvirate of, of divorce. He must have. I, mean, I think Depp belongs to Kevin Smith now. Actually, he's been doing uh, a lot of stuff with him. Oh, for so. uh, what was it? Yoga hoser. Yoga hoser. Yeah. yeah. Helping because he's getting his daughter's career going. Basically. Right. Right. Yeah. Have you seen Yoga Hosers? No. 
No. I've heard it's like batshit crazy. I heard yeah. it's not a great movie, but I heard it's one of those movies that's going to probably wind up in like a decade being a cult classic. Because yeah. it's just so weird. And it just sucks. It played bizarre. for like a week here, and I haven't yeah. watched it on demand yet. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Kevin Smith is... He's just done. He's just doing what he wants to do, and, yeah, and he's and he's just he's over the critics, and he doesn't need to deal with that, and he still has fans. So it's like, I know the mainstream. If it gets to mainstream, they're just going to pan it. But it's like, I'm sure it's totally watchable. If you liked any of his movies, you're always going to like his movies. Yeah, unless it's Jersey Girl. Oh well, but, that's yeah. not, I would be surprised by that one of his movies. <laughs> right, right, that right. was him. Like same with uh, what was the Cop Out, mm-hmm. which also he just directed that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jersey Girl, he did right, right? I mean, I, yeah, he yeah. did. He was trying to be a different person there, though. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't watch that on demand, but I have been streaming a bit because uh-huh. uh, Amazon Prime, their their video streaming has like an awesome selection of bad movies oh, and nice. and classics. Now, I guess they got everything Netflix pretty much lost. Oh. So I watched oh, Sleepaway good. Camp two and three. Oh wow! Yes, couldn't get away with just just the one. No, I don't know if I've seen two and three. I've definitely seen one. Okay, two is fucking great. Yeah, three hit or miss, but two is amazing. You okay. you got to see that one on. There. Okay, yeah. The, I just remember the the third act twist in the first one <laughs> being so like jaw dropping, especially for that time period. Oh my god! You're just yeah. like wow, wow. It's it's it it's a. I mean, it was, was it a transsexual? Was it a crossdresser? What what would you classify? I I'd, I'd classify that as a major spoiler. Aaron is what I would classify that. That wasn't on. <laughs> oh, my mic wasn't on. But I'm hearing you so well here that I didn't even notice it. I'm like, everything sounds great. Yeah. Well, but no. yeah, um, she actually completes the operation by the second movie. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it answers know. all of our questions <laughs> and becomes uh, Bruce Springsteen's little sister. She's playing really? her in two and three, yeah. Which Interesting, is, yeah. yeah she's, I thought uh, I thought I was safe to drop a spoiler, considering it's a forty-year-old movie. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like your statute of limitations on it has run out. It has yeah, run definitely. out. So you you get to know that the uh, the chick in Sleepaway Camp has a dick. Yeah, um, I you know Cheryl that was in grad school with us went to a special screening, and Angela was there. And was wearing a skirt, and like she's sitting on a stage talking to people, and she's like, she moves and like adjusts, and she's like, I don't want anyone to see my dick fall out right now. So she's got a good sense of humor about it. Yeah, good for her. (laughs) Despite not doing the sequels, so come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, She wanted she wanted to preserve her reputation, I guess. uh, I think so. She just (laughs) she just wanted too much money or something. Wow, wow. All right, so uh, Miss Peregrine, Sleepaway Camps 2 and 3. The first one is not on there. Different rights or something. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Jeff? Any, have you seen anything recently? Uh, I saw Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Dana and I actually, Dana, I let Dana choose a movie we went to see at the movie theaters over the summer, and that's what she wanted to go see, so I agreed to go with. Yes. And it was... It's a pure rental. Yeah, it definitely was a rental. There's some there's some really funny moments. There are some really funny moments. Kumail Nanjani might oh, have the funniest moment in the whole movie. Right. I, I, that guy's great. I, I definitely think that, yeah, that's a great scene. Um, it was funny. I, I, I obviously liked both of them. And it was actually... I found the chicks really annoying. They were. And I was like, the first minute of the movie, I'm like, Aubrey Plaza's being exceedingly racist What right is now. her accent? Why is she ghetto black and like Anna yeah, Kendrick's yeah, yeah. just like... Hi, I'm Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Like, it's as if she walked in and was like, well, I can't just be my... I think she was probably, like, thinking about it. The director's probably like, well, we can't have you being dark, moody Aubrey Plaza's movie. Right. So try something different. I don't know how far... What they, what, and then she was like, well, I'm going to be black. 
Yeah. That was an odd choice. She's just ghetto, and I was like, it's such a strange thing. I don't really... It was a very weird choice. I guess to counterbalance, counterbalance. she takes that like, good girl persona on to try yeah. to impress the guys, so she's supposed to be all She's consistent. I mean, yeah, I will say she's consistent with her throughout the movie. It's not like she drops it midway through. Yeah. Like, but, it, yeah, I feel like there was a way she could have been trashy without sure. the, the ghetto... She could have just been herself, but it would have been fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I really like... I, I, I like Zach Efron. I think he's a really good actor. And this is the first time, like, you've seen it in Neighbors, where he's kind of getting to do his comedy thing. But I think it's yeah. the first time they kind of just let him... I think he, him and, and what's-his-name have his free I actually brain. think he's a better comedy actor than he is a drama actor, because I think he's a little melodramatic. He's got a little, he's, yeah, fucking he's got, cry he's got like, Yeah, on. he's got the doughy, like, mm, like the cloudy yeah. face and stuff. But he actually has decent chops as a comedy actor. Like, he's good in the Neighbors movies and stuff. Um, yeah. But, uh... To me, the movie felt like a big, like, fuck you, let's just go get paid to go shoot a movie in Hawaii for, was, for two months. It was a, 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 a less quality version of Wedding Crashers, and it's ironic because they even yeah. talk about Wedding Crashers in the movie, and it's, it's, it's I think that makes it self-aware. So, yeah. I mean, if it was just, like, a pure, like, like on-demand release, I think people would have been, like, less harsh on it, but it was fine. Yeah. Like, I'm but sure it's going to be it, on HBO very soon. Yeah, so. by the end of it, I was like, that's totally, totally worth $4. Like, I, had a, it, I laughed. It was yeah. good. It, it wouldn't have been worth the uh, $17 in the theater, but... No. You know, being the good Jews that we are, we did have gift certificates, so that's we right. didn't have to pay to go see it. So okay. it was okay. it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, everyone at home was worried that you know we dropped thirty five dollars <laughs> to go see Mike and Dave new wedding dates, <laughs> but do not fear, it was free. Yeah, it was fine. There are definitely worse comedy wedding type movies out there, and this was fine. Yeah, it's becoming exceedingly harder and harder for like any an original comedy film to get any traction I feel like at the box office like they're yeah. making less and less of them and unless they're like some remake that has title recognition or something and a lot of them are just you know straight to well, definitely in a lull of comedies I think yeah yeah I'm trying but, to think of the last like qual- what was the last like really good oh, man. I mean Vince Vaughn's gone dark oh yeah uh, they're kind of like it must be like a I mean was like I mean I know that we had the um What's his name? Like, uh... It was the first Hangover. Yeah. Which, All the uh, movies with, what's his name? Hot Tub Time Machine, maybe? Paul maybe. Rudd has a bunch. Oh, Paul Rudd, yeah. All that, um... Yeah, like, uh, what was the... the I Love the You, Man. Man. Yeah, yeah, I Love I You, Man. Man. Yeah, that, like... That was a good There's run. still some good, like, Seth Rogen ones. Yeah. Um, that pop up here. Like, Neighbors was pretty decent. Speaking of, did yeah. anyone see Sausage Party? No, I heard it was good, though, but... Yeah, I just I, didn't, I just couldn't... I, I was kind of turned off when I heard that they, like, dicked over all the animators. Yeah. And oh. then, then, like, they didn't get paid any overtime or something ridiculous on really? it. Really? Huh. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. A lot of my friends are animators, so I've heard a lot about that. Yeah. And yeah, it, it was pretty bad, but it's becoming more par for the course with certain things. So yeah. It's, it, it really sucks. But yeah, it sucks that the animators and a lot of like the visual effects artists and stuff are just people that are just getting dicked over in the industry because when it's when those guys should be getting paid some of the most of anyone because they're the ones that come in and fix so many problems. I mean, Jeff, they you are, are in post production. I mean, they are they are the movie. I yeah, mean, exactly. I mean, look at like, any any of the Marvel movies. I mean, that if you watch the credits, you're there for 15 minutes watching a bunch of names that you can't pronounce right. for a very yeah. long amount of time, and you're like, these people probably got paid. And, like, hundreds of them. Like, they need so many of them. It's like, pay those guys. And you're making, you know, billions of dollars on the movie worldwide. It's 
it's stupid. Specifically, what ha- what they weren't getting paid, or they just didn't get paid well. Or I, I think it- they didn't get paid for overtime or something. Like oh. they were getting dicked on their on their pay somehow. But yeah, they they went non union with it and just fucked everyone. Yeah, yeah, what I've heard. And uh, I don't know the the best stories I've heard about it though are you know people going to the theater and a bunch of kids being in there and their parents seeing them not horrified. So that <laughs> well, makes that's, see well, that's, that's on the parents. parents. Yeah, yeah that's that's on parents are fucking stupid if they saw that trailer <laughs> and thought that would be a good idea to take their kids to. Right, um, especially now that with the ratings, you get that nice little description of everything that happens in the movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, exactly. You have no excuses anymore. Do your homework, parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, as a callback to a previous episode oh. of Ben uh, Flecky, Cray, <laughs> Flecky Cry Eyes Affleck, <laughs> yeah. I actually saw The Accountant. Oh, no. And it was really good. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes cannot be trusted, I feel like. Oh, did Rotten Tomatoes shit all over it? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a really smart, fun action movie. And uh, it was right in Affleck's wheelhouse because he's, you know, on the spectrum, so he doesn't really have to do a lot of acting. He can be kind of emotionless. So that was kind of perfect for his his caliber of acting ability. And... um, Anna Kendrick's in that, and they did a good job with the the like love story of it, where it didn't feel cheeseball. And um, there's uh, there's some great twists and turns in it, and yeah, it was just like, a solid flick, solid and really smart. Like they like the writing was good, where they had certain plot points come back, you know, in the in the third act when you had like for, completely forgotten about them and you know paid them who, off. And who's uh, who wrote and directed? I know Gavin O'Connor was the director. Mm-hmm. Um, the the writer was. I'm, I'm wondering if, if this if the rating the Rotten Tomatoes ratings is is a reflection of Ben Affleck and how how the I guess the majority of people feel maybe they're still like remorse over Suicide Squad that kind of yes. leaked over because maybe, I mean look maybe I, Batman vs Superman yeah I guess so I mean. It's so, I mean, it's such a completely different... This is coming at 50% Rotten Tomatoes. But again, this is, that's critics. And 86% of audience liked it. Audience yeah. is given a 4.2 out of 5. And, and so, again, I think, I don't know what, I mean... Yeah, you know. I don't know, I don't know. Um, if you want to see a bigger, a bigger range, uh, look up a horror movie on there recently. I mean, like, it's always, like... Ten percent on critics, and then like yeah, I think they're I think they're just too highfalutin to like be be kind to most of the big studio movies. Yeah, they kind of shit on Blair Witch, and I thought that was decent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like great, but yeah, you huh. know, it's worth a watch. Um, so the writer the the writer of uh, the account was Bill Dubuque, who only, whose only other credit was The Judge. With uh, I like that movie. Oh, a lot. That was a good movie. That yeah. movie was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, and Gavin O'Connor... And I think, I think critics shit over that, too. I'm, I'm almost certain of it. Gavin Damn. O'Connor is uh, put together... He did Warrior. He did... Um, Warrior was great. Tumbleweeds. He's, yeah. Uh, the judge got a 48, and 72% liked it. So, again, wow. how, how ironic that this guy's... Oh, he did poor. Miracle. Gavin O'Connor directed Miracle. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I was like, I know I know his name from something. So, um, I definitely would recommend it. To me, it was a fun popcorn movie. Yeah. It was uh, had just enough action, and the action was like pretty, like R rated. Like it was kind of balls to the wall action. It wasn't, you know, it didn't puss puss around. They're, they're comparing it to, to uh, Born and Born sure. a little. Is it like that a Green Grass kind of like combat? Like yeah, I guess I've really? never really been super into the Born movies. So yeah. um, first one I really I, I to me the story was smarter in this. 
Whereas the Bourne movies was kind of like, you know the setup of who this guy is, mm-hmm. and the rest of it is just kind of action sequence after action sequence as yeah. you kind of solve some mystery. This had a little bit more smarts to it, which I liked, but... Um, yeah, so I, I, I definitely think it's worth checking out. Yeah, my boss loved it. He yeah, to see it. Yeah, that's that's so weird. It's weird because you think like, oh, this guy like even the parts where he's doing his accounting stuff, mm-hmm. he's so like uh, Russell Crowe in a Beautiful Mind about it. <laughs> is nice. there a lot of? Is it like how on the spectrum is he, and how how do they portray that? He's more like savant like, so but wow. not not he's not as he's um, definitely not like Rain Man where he you know he. He definitely can really look people in the eye, mm-hmm. but he does, he's not, like, muttering to himself, like, that kind of on the spectrum. So he's, he's a little bit uh, more mildly affected than, than uh, Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man. But. I, I feel like we're... I, honestly, I'm, I'm just looking at Rotten Tomatoes and, and looking at movies open this week, and I, and I just... I don't know if, if the world... I think Rotten Tomatoes has become too big for its own, its own liking. Yeah. Because, I mean, reading this right here, you mean to tell me this the the, the Ouija movie, isn't this a sequel? Yeah. Is an 81%? Like, really? And then right. Jack Reacher 2 is 39%? Now, Casey, like, did you see the first Ouija movie? You know what? I liked it more than I thought I would. Okay, I, I didn't see it. But. It wasn't as awesome as the Witchboard movies, but <laughs> what movies are, you know? Oh, that's a nice That's a nice pull, yeah. What sucks is, like, I saw the trailer for the sequel uh-huh. and then went back and watched the first movie and it spoils like the whole movie oh really yeah because this is a prequel oh. <laughs> and, uh, so it's origin of evil did yeah. you know that oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so it's basically showing you all of the mystery you're trying to solve in the first movie so if you didn't see the first one avoid the trailer okay. I, I'm, I'm curious to see because there is like an actual like history of the ouija board and and, and that goes with it i wonder if this if it's actually Factually based, I know that's probably loose uh, and can be interpreted very loosely, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, eighty. You'll have to go see I, Origin of Evil and find I don't out. Know, I, I don't know. I was planning on seeing it eventually. Yeah, uh, yeah. not maybe going to the theater. It's theater. definitely one that'll pop yeah. up on Netflix streaming. I'm sure. Yeah, sooner yeah. or later. Um, all right, shall we dive in and uh, talk about Ooh, fun times? Godfrey Ho. Um, so Godfrey Ho. Okay, so you want to give us a little background about Ooh. who Godfrey Ho is? Well, like, the best way to describe it is how I kind of came across Godfrey Ho in the first place. Uh, we used to have a really awesome uh, Suncoast video. Oh, yeah. And back in the VHS days. And uh, I'm a big martial arts movie guy, also big B-movie guy, so I was always in, like, the, the 599 VHS. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm I was yeah. right there with you. <laughs> We were probably rubbing shoulders in the same... Yeah, uh, exactly. Same band, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how I saw Toxic Avenger for the Uh first time, you know. And I I found some ninja movies in there, and I bought, like, three or four at once. And I got home and watched them, and I realized these are almost the same fucking movie. (laughs) And that's probably... had exact same clips, same sequences, same, like, spliced into them, I'm sure. What's weird is, like, in watching a bunch of them in a row... You see that there's a little more variation in uh-huh. the clips, but I've seen the same clips reused endless times. Right, right. And uh, basically what Godfrey Ho does, he's a Hong Kong filmmaker, uh-huh. but he was making movies about ninjas, which are a Japanese phenomenon, but he's making them specifically for an English language audience pretty much. And the reason he did that is because he would get other movies uh, from 
a whole bunch of different countries. Yeah, Philippines, Thailand, a lot of stuff. All across Asia, he's getting these movies that are either not done or just never released. And um, we don't know how he got these movies. If he legally did or not, he probably didn't. But he started splicing. He would shoot a ninja movie. He'd splice a little bit in to each Now we should say ninja movie in quotes... Because it would really just be a, footage, yeah. Just be footage of fight sequences yeah. of ninjas shooting smoke at one another, or yeah. And his ninja stuff is crazy. Like um, there are some really cool, like ninja action sequences, like the wall climbing and yeah. the Terminator. I mean, he does have some cool stunts in that. Every every little gadget that you see in the back of like a black belt magazine is used in one of these movies. Yeah. Like, he must have known someone that. Owned like one of those swap meet quality martial arts stores, you know, because that's where all the stuff is. Yeah, and yeah. like he uh, he basically would film wraparounds to somehow tie a ninja into, or sometimes more than one, yeah. into these movies. <laughs> and it doesn't always make sense. And you're thinking, oh, you know, he got martial arts movies through this. No, he's done everything from comedies to. Uh, erotic thrillers <laughs> to uh, action movies, you know, and he he would just cut stuff together, and sometimes it makes sense, sometimes it doesn't, and that's the beauty of it, but you do always get to see a ninja wrecking shit, so it's worth a watch at least. Yeah, and IMDb credits him with directing over 115 films. All In like 95. a 10 year period. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much between 1980 and 90. Um, and uh, Basically being 95% of them being ninja movies mm-hmm. and having ninja in the title of the Yeah, movie. so he'd get a movie that had a successful title a lot of the time, and he'd just add ninja to it, which is how we got Ninja Terminator. Oh, <laughs> Sadly, yeah. not about robots from the future fighting ninjas, which would be amazing. But there were robots in it. There, oh, don't get me started. <laughs> that, I, I got a whole rant on that little robot, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, like, there was an actor that he would use for most of the movies, Richard Harris. Uh-huh. And he was a legit actor that was in shit like Angel Eyes. Yeah. And, yeah. uh... A big, uh, big actor in, like, uh, Italian, like, gladiator movies yeah. in the 60s. Like, he was definitely someone you would see in foreign films Richard Harrison, not Richard, Richard Harrison. Richard Harrison. Much, much different actor. Okay, yeah, he did not play Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Richard Harrison, my bad there. But, yeah, he, um, he said that these movies ruined his career yeah. because he thought he was doing, like, a handful of them, and he, he went for roles, and they're like, dude, you're in all those shitty ninja movies. Why yeah. are you? He's like, I was in a couple ninja movies and they're like no you're in like 80 of them yeah it forced yeah. him to retire yeah he actually retired in 1990 <laughs> which is ironic because i guarantee you now it's since it's such a cult phenomenon yeah he, is he still alive he is still alive. Like, I, I guarantee he's i mean he's old as shit he's probably he, old as shit but i guarantee you there's he's like, 81 a resurgence actually, of that yeah. has probably given him some kind of some kind of i don't know maybe not he like, could probably play an awesome like pay Hey, way uh, like uh, yeah. sensei Dumbledore. You guys just said it. He could just he could, <laughs> just, be, he could, he just, could be the kung fu the, the, the ninja Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore. This is easy. All, All I know is that if Wait, he came to Godfrey Ho, we yeah. just got his next movie, Ninja Dumbledore, well, or ninja, ninja Harry Potter, or Ninja Potter. Or something <laughs> the best Dumbledore. thing is ninja we might be able to find Godfrey Ho because despite all the stealing and the bad filmmaking. And he didn't just steal movie footage, he stole soundtracks like Tangerine Dream is yeah. the Ninja Terminator. Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd's in some of them. His fucking studio crawl at the beginning is stealing Star Wars music. 
<laughs> and so you know you're in for a good thing when the first two seconds you hear like a bit of the Jedi theme in there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, okay, so, you know, this guy that made all of these movies through dubious means is now a film teacher. Yeah. We went to the wrong school, dude. I know. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. For, he for teaches the Hong Kong Film Academy. <laughs> Casey and I were in the same master's program at Cal State Northridge, uh, master's in screenwriting program. So that's mm-hmm. where we first met and uh, discovered our mutual love of bad movies. And I think Ninja Terminator was one of the first movies I passed to you. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was indeed, yeah. And uh, it, it's, it's a good starting point because it has enough of the ninja action plus a really weird... Second movie that was combined with it. Well, let's let's yeah. let's yeah. dive into that's a good segue <laughs> to specifically talk about Ninja Terminator since that I think will be our focal point of oh, yeah. uh, reviewing. It's a good one. It, it is a good one. Um, so what what would you say is the basic premise of Ninja Terminator? <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> there, well, since it's a Godfrey Hill movie, there's like two movies, two million one. things coming at the same time. Okay, so there is a magical ninja statue that's in three pieces. The Golden Ninja Warrior. Yeah, and uh-huh. this is all in his footage that he did. Yes. Okay. So three people steal it. Two of them are people in his footage, and one of them is a guy from the other footage yep. uh, <laughs> who dies, so you never see his face. And then his family has the statue, and bad guys are trying to get it. Um, this this kind of this dude that looks kind of like the anime character Lupin the Third <laughs> chews gum all the yeah. time. And he's got like you know popped collar and shit. Guy's cool as shit. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone talks about how cool he is before he tries to fight them. Yeah. And then uh, that's the jaguar, right? Yeah, and he's he's all you know like half the fight scenes he's got his hands in his pockets yeah. the whole time <laughs> until he starts getting the cool shit. And then yeah. he's like, oh, I gotta fight. Yeah, yeah I gotta take my hands out. Now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's the jaguar, and then there's the tiger, which is the right. bad guy, and uh, he's a guy now, wearing. Was, was the tiger the one with the blonde wig? Right? Yeah, the Patty Duke wig. Yeah, which yeah, and that was that was footage taken from that wasn't Godfrey Ho shot. No, that either. was that was the movie that he stole. Yeah, basically is is what people think is how he got it. He probably did. Which begs the question: like, I want to get a hold of whoever made that movie and just ask them why. Why the why the blonde wig? Right, right. Because they're a rare breed, but they're out there. It, it doesn't exactly strike fear into the heart of your uh, adversary. No, though. and in the final fight, he takes it off. <laughs> yeah. Which I was telling Aaron, I think Very it's confusing. Yeah. From yeah, I think it's a. Re- I think it was a reveal in the original movie that he was like two characters or something, and we never saw that part of the other movie. <laughs> so it, it's just the no, guy taking just the wig off. follow it. It's on you. Because <laughs> yeah. not only does he take off the wig, he takes off his all-white suit and is wearing an all-black suit. Right. So right. it's like, is this the dark side of the tiger? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, so it's... This wig, Patty Duke isn't, like, the best descriptor. Picture Disney's Alice in Wonderland, but without the hairband, maybe. Okay. Or um, yeah. He-Man, maybe. He-Man. He-Man. Or is He-Man. The, the, what's his name from uh, uh, Shrek? The, the, oh, oh, the Barclay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely got to feel yeah, that. Totally. It's, it's a very pretty wig. It's lovely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, Richard Harrison does play one of the... Uh, two ninjas who steals the Golden Warrior? Yeah, because the, the third one dies. Right, and, right. Um, yeah, the, the two that manage to live are, like, the only two American guys in the movie, basically. Or, well, the only British guy and an American guy. And they're, uh, 
they're kind of warring with each other because uh, this evil ninja school that they come from, which they don't really set up as evil, and you're kind of like, are they really the good guys here? Yeah, it was very confusing. <laughs> yeah, um, they decide to try to kill these guys, but uh, also frame the other ninja so that they fight each other. Right. So they're like throwing ninja stars from the other guy, and he's like, that's my, my ninja star. <laughs> you know? And he throws one, and he goes... It's my ninja star. And the way they catch the ninja star is in their sword. Yeah. You know, the guy throws it and he just blocks it with his sword and it's stuck in there. That's my star. <laughs> well, I have yours. Yeah. And uh, it also involves uh, Richard Harrison throwing a dart at a crab, which I think they really did, which is oh, kind of yeah. messed up. There were definitely crabs harmed in the making of this Yeah, sure. yeah. Your technique is still very good. And so is yours. You must stop your man from annoying Tomashi's sister. If you stop yours first. You want the Golden Ninja Warrior all for yourself. Look at this. Yes, that's my ninja star. Right? It's my ninja star. This is yours. <laughs> Why are you so greedy? Because there's not enough for everyone. Only the complete Golden Ninja Warrior can give us the supreme power. There's only one person who has our ninja stars. You mean Yamato? He's coming after us. He may have got the body of the Golden Ninja Warrior from Tamashi. The Triangular Force will exist no more. The Ninja Empire will destroy us. We will all be destroyed. Unless we destroy them first. And, uh, and that was also, like, very unnecessary. Yeah, yeah like, what... We what get you it. You're a badass ninja. Mm-hmm. We, we can tell by your eyeliner that we you mean business. Yeah. yeah, all the ninjas wear eyeliner <laughs> in every <laughs> Godfrey Ho movie. Uh, he eventually, like, I think he gets confused. He thinks we might be confused to who's a ninja and who isn't. So in some of the movies, they're wearing <laughs> headbands that say ninja in giant letters. <laughs> it's true. How could it be confusing? It's like it's probably the most recognizable costume of right. anyone in Asian His cinema. His movies move real fast, so you got to keep up. You gotta <laughs> yeah, and plus, like the, you know, he has so many colors of ninja. You don't know who's working with who. You know, yeah, you I, got the red ninjas, the camouflage ones. I know. I like. I like they went with the camo ninja for for uh, Richard Western, Harrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, and I like how the school's bright red when they're. That's like the color least to blend in with anything. Right. You know. Right. Not not the most incognito. But you can turn invisible, so it's okay. Right. They do a lot of that throughout his movies. Because, and can teleport, apparently, yeah, too. Which is because think dope. about it. If you have a ninja that can turn invisible, you can say he's in a scene that he wasn't in because he stole it from another movie. It's a smart <laughs> move. You know, hey, I was here the whole time, you know? Yeah, no. So, yeah. The, I don't know if that holds up in court, but it's worth a shot. The, the, <laughs> the guy liner is a very uh, important uh, visual trait of this movie, for sure. And there's... There, it, I, there's a lot of shots of Richard Harrison where, well, first off, when when the first guy breaks into his house, and Richard Harrison's just coming home in like his puffy white dress shirt and <laughs> you know like Johnny Cool '80s guy, and uh, the the ninja who's there goes to kill him, but Richard Harrison's gone, and he reappears in his gi, <laughs> yeah, and guyliner on. You're like, I was that was I was very impressed, yeah. and he usually has these like dead eyes where it's just like. 
it, you're so focused on his eyes because of the guy liner, and then it's just, there's, like, no emotion. It's like, mm. And I think that's, that's a reoccurring thing, too, where the ninjas just go like this with hands in front of their face or whatever, and then <laughs> yeah. they're in their gi. You know, that's like, oh, that, 100%. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's not how that works, but I love it. Sometimes <laughs> you get a smoke effect, yeah. but most of the time it just blinks in there. It, it's like it's morphin' time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny that you mentioned for, for Ninja Terminator that it's two different movies. Of, and you mentioned the, the blonde guy, but I felt, I completely thought that uh, Richard Harrison and, and Lupin the Third dude were in separate movies because they don't ever have a scene together. No, they it, definitely are. They, yeah, yeah, they definitely are. The blonde guy. All they have is one phone call. Phone call. Mm-hmm. With the Garfield phone. Right. <laughs> which is a, which but he does have two Garfield phone calls in the movie because yeah. I was very aware of the Garfield phone. Yeah. And that was obviously yeah. the point they made. A lot of these movies have a lot of phone calls in it, but this has the best phone out of all. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but, absolutely. But, am I, am I, but was that also two separate movies or am I wrong? Well, okay, it was, uh, that was, the phone call was, so Lupin the Third Guy and Blonde Guy are their own movie, and then anything ninja-related is another movie. That was, right. that and phone call was the only moment that's supposed to connect them. Connect yeah. the two movies. When he said, hey. It's like completely different people yes. in different locations. I'm like, they don't even know this is the end of yeah. the movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, what's great about that is this movie here is probably the worst that I've seen that he's linked the stories together yeah. because he started to learn how to do over the, sh- older the shoulder shots with stand-ins to make things look a little bit more uh-huh. like they were people talking to each other. <laughs> Give a little continuity. Yeah, but you know, you get the phone call, but that Garfield phone, you guys have to see this. It's it's the most awesome phone. Like, you take the phone out and his it eyes awesome. close and, yeah. Have you ever tried to find this phone? I have seen this phone before I saw Ninja Terminator at yeah. like garage sales constantly. Yeah, I used to see it absolutely. all the time, and now it was a staple of, uh, of yeah. the '80s for sure. I, I used like to I have the matching alarm clock to it, but I didn't have the phone. Like, I, I, but yeah, I did have the alarm clock that went with it, and you had to like hit his nose to turn off the alarm. So I ended up killing him by punching him in the nose too hard one morning. But. That story took a dark turn. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so <laughs> the Jaguar is... I got it. I mean, yeah, I just... I was wondering if it was me or if I was missing something. Because I mentioned it to you, and I'm like, maybe I missed it, and, and there was a scene where they're actually physically in the same location. But oh, like, never. Yeah. Never. So, okay, so, so, okay, so there's definitely... The, okay, good. And that is a running theme. Right, 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 right. Yeah, but it's... Uh, so, yeah, the Jaguar storyline is so... Like, it's just one fight scene after another... That year, and then then there's a there's a really uncomfortable weird sex scene. Yeah, oh yeah, where the he, girl and he pulls off her wig. And he's like, ah, it's you. Yeah, yeah. You. Where he fucks the tiger's hairy girlfriend. Yeah, with, who who has more armpit hair than I do. Yeah, she's like, like she has serious pit hair. <laughs> George the animal seal status. Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe, like, maybe that was a, a thing. And not to mention Pink Floyd's echoes playing in the background of it. <laughs> right. Hmm, that was a. Odd choice. Okay. Yeah. Tasteful. Very tasteful. <laughs> and then, so, the other the other story we have, Richard Harrison and the Ozzy Osbourne lookalike. Right. Who are the two guys that steal the Golden Ninja Warrior yes. and are dealing with all the uh, ninjas trying to come okay. and steal it back. Mm-hmm. And then when they can't get them to steal it back, they then send robots yeah. to threaten them. 
And it's not it's not the kind of robot you would think because no. if I was going to send a robot to send a message, I'd send like Kevin from Saved by the Bell or the one that Rocky's <laughs> son had, you know? Yeah, yeah. This is one of those knockoff Transformers that you would get at like the supermarket. It's like it's, a GoBot, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, with, like bright red and yellow plastic and a chrome head. You know, you see them, you see them at swap meets. Too. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's the cheapest piece of shit robot they possibly could have got it. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, we need a robot. I don't know why, because this is a scene I fucking wrote, yeah. and this is this is the Godfrey Ho footage that used the robot. Right, right. You know, so it was his idea, and he got the worst robot possible. Was, yeah. It's like, think about what you have. Like, if I had an awesome robot, I'd write that scene. Like, why not just have, like, a courier come by or something? Now? Right, right. And they play the scariest, most horrifying music whenever the robot shows up. Like, it's supposed <laughs> it's to be like a real doom and gloom moment. Super threatening, <laughs> yeah. It's like... All you have to do is just boot that thing, you know. Like, if you just open that door, I see it, and it starts talking nonsense. I just boot it, you know, across the street, and uh, the scene over. You have two days. (laughs) Um, So there is... uh, What what else haven't we covered? Can we backtrack a little? um, Yeah. Because this article that you had in the link, it was great, because I I read it, and... (laughs) Casey, for you... Is this the one on Dead of Geek, that one? Yes, yes. Do you really think there, that his partner was a real person or fictional? Okay. I think, based on this, I think purely fictional. What's crazy is that partner, I always thought it was a fake person, but that person's released movies without him that are stealing his footage and recutting them into even more movies. Oh, interesting. So I'm wondering. This is I, its own movie in and of itself. Right. But even, even it seems like even he has his own other person, like, released under other ghost names. So it's like, yeah, I, I, yeah. there's so many layers here of... Inception of Godfrey Ho. It's, it's yeah, he's scary. used a lot of fake names. His crew names are most likely fake. Yeah, uh, especially since he has like a lot of Anglo people in the cast listed, and it's like I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, it's like really, uh, but yeah, or you know, it'll be first name, an Anglo name, last name like Chan. I mean, I, I right. Mm-hmm. Based on reading that, I feel like he's a, a very, obviously a very smart businessman, and I, I think that guy's totally fake. And I think it was just more profit for more for more content. And yeah, you get producer fees also. God love him. <laughs> um, yeah, there's dubious things going on with the making of these films. <laughs> Nothing like that would phase me at the least right now. So. I wonder. I wonder how profitable these movies were, if at all, for him. I don't know. I mean, he made so many. He made so many of them. He must have been making enough Depends money on to. I mean, I mean, what we're seeing on IMDb obviously has had is dis- distributed, so it's, it had a distributor. Yeah, there was that Filmark, which was a big in, distributor in, of his stuff for right. And I assume you know, that's a, including Ninja Terminator. I think was a film. And they've been released by so many now. I'm wondering if they're in public domain though. Oh, yeah, um, maybe. Especially when the ones that we watched on YouTube that were, like, probably the better quality of his stuff yeah. and a lot of the versions I even have on disc, they said they were part of the Wu-Tang collection, uh-huh. and I know those ones are public domain movies usually retitled to cash in on the Wu-Tang Clan that has nothing to do with the releases whatsoever. Oh, interesting. But they use the Wu-Tang name because they got it from movies anyway, yeah, so yeah, it's like, right, right. you know, they can't really say anything. Um, back to his partner, Thomas Tang. I don't know mm-hmm. if, you, if you guys caught this little <laughs> Which might be the best name ever. Thomas Tang. I don't know. There was one that was like Jeffrey Poon or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah. They're uh, definitely yeah. just fucking with people. So, Filmark released their last film in 92. Okay. And they continued to sell their films wo- worldwide until tragedy struck 
In 96, the Garley Building, which housed the offices of Filmark International, burned in a spectacular fire, resulting in the deaths of 40 people. Thomas Tang died in his office on the 14th floor, taking with him the only record of Godfrey Ho's complete filmography, which had been amongst the paperwork he kept in his office. If Thomas Tang was a real person, Godfrey Ho had him murdered. There's no question in my mind. And what if there is a film where Thomas Tang dies? And we get to see it one day, and it's his final opus oh, that he releases. Oh, dang. This or kid, that it has been released, oh, and we just don't know. We don't know where it is. He hit it in one of his movies. <laughs> That's crazy. It's like a, a death smut film of, uh, of his partner. That's mm-hmm. just, but that's weird. such a... It's very terrible, but, like, what a strange way to go, and there's very, a lot, a lot, a lot of, of questions, a lot of... Hmm. And it seems like every, nobody, nobody like touched it after they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> nope. Case closed, Case closed guys. Yeah, Any cop on this? No, no. Yeah. You want to part the movie? Yep. <laughs> oh, good, great. Uh, so, so I, we covered a lot of Ninja Terminator, I feel like, right? Is there... Are you, what else of the, the Godfrey Ho catalog do you think um, people oh, should be aware of? God, people um, should see... Basically, if it has Ninja in the title, you should see it. You'll be there all for the rest of your life. But um, Ninja the Protector is Godfrey Ho getting kind of like a fatal attraction knockoff. Like, it's a movie about infidelity Oh, so that's the erotic thriller? Kind of, but that's that's kind of adding erotic to it when it's really, like, just a lot of people talking and going to the beach, but... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but so are, you saying, are you saying Ninja Terminator was more erotic with the Pink Floyd Harry Armpit sex scene? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. No, um, actually, I feel like uh, I feel like this is more just like a straight up thriller. It's almost it is almost something like uh, you would see like Tom Berenger doing post oh. substitute. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but the Asian version, right? And yeah, and and there's ninjas in it now. Which okay. makes everything better. So I think it was the right choice. But then yeah. then I saw a movie that I couldn't even figure out where his footage started and the other footage ended. And I think most of it was him and it was batshit crazy. And uh, that's called uh, Ninja the Violent Sorcerer. Oh, right. If you want to see the craziest Godfrey Ho movie I've seen yet, and I, you know, I've probably seen maybe 15 or 20 of the 80. I haven't seen all... Or, or however many he's on IMDb, it's a lot more than 80. And uh, this one has, a, I think the, the footage that he got first was this gambling movie, right? Uh-huh. And it's just about a guy shooting dice and playing poker. Really boring stuff. So he decides, I need to describe how these guys get their magic gambling powers. So they all make deals with Zhang Chi, which are the Chinese vampires that hop around. And have, like, the talisman on their forehead. And ninjas. Uh, they, they come to fight the Zhangqi. Because uh, one of the guys, he's gambling, and he loses. So he's never lost in his whole life. So he kills himself. And As you do. Yeah, and his wife's ghost. Not his ghost. Not the guy that just died. But his wife that died years before gets a family member. She says, here, take these clothes. They'll help you fight. Of course, it's a ninja uniform. <laughs> So, yeah, he decides to... And uh, let me guess, they help him fight, those clothes. They do? Yeah. We never get to see him fight without them, though. Uh Uh, But, yeah, uh, we get to see him practice and swing spears around and stuff. So there's a lot... This is probably the most Godfrey Ho of the Godfrey Ho movies that I've seen. 
because I think he just used a little piece of footage. And also interesting for the bad movie fans is um, if you've seen Kung Pao Enter the Fist, uh-huh. yeah. Betty's in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, and he is one of the main guys in this movie. So oh, wow. I think he was part of the Godfrey Ho footage, too. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, that that just made it so much better because, yeah, I love that movie. But Have you seen Zombie vs. Ninja? I have. How was that? It's all right. Yeah? It's not as good as this one. I like Shang Chi more than zombies. Okay. Uh, it's it's definitely worth seeing, and I think a lot of that is mostly Godfrey Ho footage too. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm interested in finding some of the comedies. He supposedly just got straight up comedy movies and added the ninja footage. I want to see those. <laughs> I haven't found those yet. And it's like you never know what the movie is until you start watching it. I didn't know Ninja the Protector was like that until I saw it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And. Uh, Basically, like, the way to see Godfrey Ho movies, like, just go on YouTube. There's an actual, there's a Godfrey Ho channel that some guy did that's pretty great. That's cool. Um, But the footage quality is going to really suck 90% of the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, buying it on VHS, there were scenes that were so dark that you couldn't tell what was going on. DVD (laughs) helps a little tiny bit. You're never going to find this shit on Blu-ray. Let's be real. But yeah, I will say the the quality of the Wu Tang one you sent us was really good for Ninja Terminator. That was the best I've seen Ninja Terminator, yeah, legitimately. Yeah. So if you look up Godfrey Ho Wu Tang Collection on YouTube, you're gonna find better quality or just Ninja Wu Tang Collection because <laughs> yeah. everything has Ninja in the title. Right, right. But it's it's really it, it's a fun rabbit hole to get yourself into. Uh, you're gonna end up seeing the same footage sometimes, but there's always crazy shit going on. It's uh, it's. If you want to see ninja weapons being used that you've seen in catalogs from, like, Century Martial Arts, it's a place to go to. He's, like, a walking commercial for these places. Oh, you know, we do have to, we do have to go back to the very end of Ninja Terminator. <laughs> the very last shot. Of, so of, great. Of uh, Richard Harrison. He gets the Golden Ninja Warrior, puts it together, and then in the background... You just see the ninja who wanted to be killed, I guess, to, like, save his honor. Yeah, and he's like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to play with my statue. Yeah. And then, so then the the ninja in the background just proceeds to blow himself up. Yeah, and you just see, like, an arm flop on the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what, what really gets great me, ending. that was amazing. Also amazing is the fact that there, there's this statue they've been fighting about this whole movie. When he puts it back together, nothing fucking happens. Yeah. He just prays and bows, and that's it. Right. Yeah, and then the guy blows himself up. Which, that's that was one thing I didn't understand, because they made such a big deal in the, the beginning, beginning of the yeah, movie. Of like, when, you, when you put it together, it made you, like, invincible, right? Right. And But yet, when they each, like, each guy had a piece of it, and they were separated, they, in the training montage, he still was invincible. He was still doing the same sword on his yeah. arm thing. Yeah, yeah. And was still, like, crazy badass, chopping up watermelons and shit. So it was, like, the power... It didn't seem like it made you any more powerful when it was put together than if you just had a piece of it. Yeah, and Ozzy Ninja fucking loved watermelon. He did. Not only is he <laughs> chopping it, he's like eating it in half the scenes, too. That's going to be pretty contract. hard to get there, too. Watermelon might have been expensive to import to that part of the world. So. That's true, yeah. Well, do we think... All right, so the Godfrey and the Richard Harrison portions, we think those were all shot in Hong Kong, too, right? Yeah, because okay. of the locations. Yeah, yeah. And also because... He probably got around so many laws just shooting over. This is interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Amazon, and I'm sure you, you obviously said you had Amazon Prime. It looks like in 2007, 
ish 2008, a lot of these movies are like were there was some kind of deal struck because they're all on Amazon Video. So somebody uh, is yeah. making actual results. 2007, struck. like, and it looks like who is this? Synergy Entertainment. Maybe they bought it because they probably just okay. got it for like pennies in the dollar. I have I have DVDs from them. Yeah. yeah, and it looks like these are the DVD copies. Obviously, it's all SD. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is 2007, 2008, where you can now you can watch on Amazon Prime a fair amount of these movies. And it looks like yeah, the company literally just has another deal. That just, uh, they, there you go. This is good. Look up. See, this Amazon Prime is paying dividends right now. <laughs> like, not only do you get like all kinds of discounts, but you get you get great movies now. Trying to be a sponsor. I mean, it's free. Obviously, you know, it's free to to watch on Amazon Prime. Um, That's pretty crazy. I wonder Uh, how the quality is because my DVDs are bad. Well, they're all they're all saying SD, so I guarantee it's a straight up rip from the DVD. Yeah, you're not you're not getting anything bad. (laughs) Sorry. We we also haven't really touched on the dubbing factor, which is you know obviously is a major focal point of when you talk about any ninja movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But specifically in Ninja Terminator. There was a lot of interesting accent choices for dubbing. I think it's because he had like two people doing it, probably. And he was Is he tra- one of them? <laughs> he might be. I have never seen an interview with Godfrey Ho. Oh. I I do not know much about this man. He's the international man of mystery. I mean, I've seen pictures of him or what they report to be him. And I don't in, know. It, that's what it, it increases the difficulty of of. I guess not so much. I guess character identification because the voices sound so similar, mm-hmm. and and a lot of the characters look a little bit similar, especially if they're a ninja or yeah. If you're wearing so your like, mask, you're like, uh, wait, is that his voice? Whose voice is it? Yeah. it's hard to follow. And I don't think Richard Harrison's dubbing his own voice at all. No, no, no I don't think so. <laughs> the voice, the voice that Richard Harrison has sounds like like a super pussy, which also you're like, that dude with that mustache who played like beefcakes and movies, mm-hmm. there's no way he had that pussy-ish of a sounding voice. So, uh, But there was that scene when when the Jaguar goes into the pawn shop slash clock shop or whatever that was. Yeah, that was a little weird. And, and the dude working there with the bolo tie who like had to have a, like a southern... American Southern accent that I made me wonder was like, oh, is he trying to uh, like make this appeal to Western audiences? And he thought if he had like a bad Southern accent character in there, even though it was clearly a Chinese guy. It's like, why happened. did we even see that scene? So the reason for the scene because well, that dude had to come get revenge later yeah. for his brother. He beat up a dude and <laughs> took his ring, and then he That's takes right. it to the pawn shop, and it's the guy nothing. tells him it's That's not right. worth anything. Yeah. He says it's, it's it. a no, box of a box of cracker jacks is where you would find this ring. Yeah, and it's like okay. wait, oh, oh, he, oh, I know why because he, he just sees told him the, the girlfriend in there. Oh, that's right. Okay, she's so, in that scene. Well, he starts that, following her. That also, yeah, but he also, I think, I think that dude tells him it's worth nothing because he wants to get it back and give it back to his brother. And mm-hmm. then when he challenges him to a fight in by that like pagoda. You know, a few minutes later, he goes, like, you disrespected my brother. Now I'm going to kill you or make you pay or whatever he says. So then he comes, and that dude was the most not intimidating guy to be having in a fight (laughs) scene. Like, super, like, tight turtleneck and (laughs) dorky black glasses and... Yeah, bad it, wig or not bad wig. I think it was his real hair. Yeah, something. he kind of had like the Conan comic book haircut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of really yeah. bad haircuts in this movie. Yeah, and it's it's weird because it looks like a lot of these guys like saw Bruce Lee in regular life, the stuff he would wear, and tried yeah. to pull it off. Yeah, and it's just like it did not no, work. no, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry. 
You don't have the Bruce Lee swag. Yeah, exactly. That was, that was the only way Bruce Lee was able to pull those off, for sure. Excuse me. Um, so, I mean, I think that about covers it for Ninja Terminator. And, Good stuff. Uh, I mean, that... that I mean, we could talk a little bit about the final scene of Ninja Death Squad, which you also did send us with the umbrella. Yeah. The umbrella ninja. I need to see the rest of this movie. Yeah. I think I have, but I didn't remember this umbrella scene until I was watching the final scene of Ninja Death Squad, which is on YouTube. Yeah. The Ninja Master is fighting with an umbrella the whole time. <laughs> and it's not like a normal on-the-street umbrella. It looks like they legit grabbed it from a lighting kit because it's a white umbrella. Right. And it, it was just what they had lying around that day to do a fight scene. And uh, it's he's a lot better with it than the Penguin. But, you know. <laughs> that is true. That is true. It was better than the end of Batman Returns. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, not what you expect to see a ninja fight from. He doesn't pull a sword out of it. He's just fighting with an umbrella. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're, when you're a ninja, you can be badass with any... Anything so, in your hand, any, I think. So. Historically, that's mostly what ninjas did. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I don't know. I do study a bit of ninja history. Uh, I do got to say... Here, are you a ninja? Can you can you, can you you tell us, or is that... I might, I might have done some commercials as a ninja. <laughs> but, uh... I, I get it. You can't you can't divulge completely. It would be against the ninja. No, I yeah. I actually did do some commercials for a martial arts company where I dressed up like a ninja and used Godfrey Ho clips to sell the merchandise because <laughs> it was the same stuff that was in the movies. Well, then we found the right man uh, to have here to talk about Godfrey Ho. I actually also thought it was interesting that uh, Godfrey Ho studied at the or like learned a lot about directing at the Shaw Brothers Studio. Where he was there alongside a young John Woo at the same time as well. Which and is it's like, like... Interesting the different paths. Yeah. Have. And it's like the Shaw Brother movies and John Woo movies are good. Yeah. <laughs> some, some Shaw Brothers movies are hidden. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and we do get the mighty hard target from John Woo. That's <laughs> true. I, I fucking love that movie. The snake thing is just amazing. Well, we just watched, uh, what did we watch? Pay, Paycheck. Paycheck with yeah. Ben Affleck mm, a couple episodes rough. ago. Yeah. And that, that was pretty rough. At first, so for every every good John Woo movie, there's there's at least one or two terrible ones. He just needs to collaborate with JCBD again and everything will be good. That's all. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, I mean, I, anything else that you you want to share about Godfrey Ho specifically? Uh, no, but can I do some plugs? Absolutely. All right. Um, follow me on Twitter at Lucha Gringo. Uh, I do another podcast called Masks, Mats, and Mayhem. It's about Lucha Libre and mixed martial arts. Uh, our show's Twitter is at MMM Show seventy five. Uh, That's three M's. Yeah, three M's. Right. Uh, mm, show because we're delicious. Just listen to us. They hate when I say that, so yeah. I'm the only one on the show, so I'm going to say that. And uh, Casey is uh, a, a veritable expert on Lucha Underground and yeah. goes to pretty much every show they do, right? Yeah, except for when our friend Byron got me sick when I went over to his house and I missed like a whole weekend of tapings. Uh, that wasn't fun. But otherwise, I have perfect attendance. Well, you guys got to stop doing those four-hour podcast sessions because it depletes your immune systems, I think. So. I think so. I think so. It's very taxing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely check out uh, Casey, Byron, who, the other guy who hosts... Uh, Justin. Justin, Justin Hardy. Okay. Yeah, we, uh, we will have... 
some ninja-related content on our show soon, I think, because we got a book to review that's by the guys that run the Vintage Ninja website. So nice. it looks like it has a lucha slant, but I know they're going to sneak some ninja stuff in there. I, yeah, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be ninja-like if they didn't, you know, sneak something exactly. early in there. Yeah, exactly. And and there are so many popular ninja lucha libre characters; they just never run out. <laughs> My favorite luchador is a ninja skeleton, Pentagon Junior. Yeah, great. yeah, yeah. I remember when we were doing an ninja picante. Uh, uh, that was the short film series, webisode series that Jeff and I did. Mm-hmm. At, the award-winning. The award-winning. That, <laughs> that is available on YouTube if anyone wants to see something horribly embarrassing. But uh, they a lot of the Lucha masks when we went uh, to buy them, including Lucha Picante, yeah. is a ninja ninja Lucha mask. So. And if, if you want to see another ninja movie that one of us did on this podcast... Uh, look up Luxta Productions on YouTube. It's L-U-X-T-A. There's a movie called From the Shadows. I wrote that shit. It's nice. about ninjas. Nice. Yeah, and uh, I, I had fun with that one. Always wanted to make a ninja movie, and so I wrote one, and one of my friends made it. Because uh, I had made a joke in grad school about a found footage ninja movie and how just weird the concept would be. Yeah. And he's like, I want to make this. That's awesome. Yeah. Good times. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Casey. Thank for, you guys for, for having me, us. giving me an outlet to talk <laughs> about ninja movies for a while. They don't let me do that on my podcast. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you'll be able to find a lot of Godfrey Ho's works, uh, either completed <laughs> works or clips from his works on YouTube. Look up the bad dubbing one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, on the next episode of the podcast, we are going to be discussing... The mayor, the amazing, wow. the visionary, the one that's Hollywood Yeah, Neil Breen, and specifically his film Fateful Findings, which is something else, everyone. So. Definitely something else. <laughs> if you like the room, you'll love this movie. Absolutely. So until next time, in honor of Nosley, I will I will say Scooby Booty. That's right. You've had a shitty day, shitty job, no life. Get home.